50% of the time, it works every time. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I drink your milkshake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinefleck. I am your host, Ethan Colburn. I am back. Um, I I took a break because I moved across the country, and uh, then the month after that, I have not been doing the podcast, and, well, the few months after that, I should say, I've been not doing the podcast. I've been enjoying life out here in Boston, uh, but I am ready to get going again on this. I really missed it. I tend to just like play the intro song before each episode just to kind of, you know, get in the flow of the podcast myself. And I got excited when I when I heard that again. And and uh, I'm I'm excited to record my first intro in a little while. I hope I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, this is sort of a special episode because I went to the Cannes Film Festival. Um, it's sort of funny because I think you'll hear me talking in the episode just about how I wanted to like turn around and get this episode out pretty fast or like how I was complaining about how it took us a while to record, which, (laughs) and then I've been sitting on this recording for like a month and a half. So, um, that, that's totally my fault. But anyway, I, I hope to be returning to, uh, a weekly format at least in October or, um, or every other week, but I hope to sort of be putting uh, episodes out, uh, consistently again. Um, Next week's episode will be Sandlot, which will be uh, pretty fun. We'll have Clara back on that. You'll get to hear their voice again. That'll be great. And then uh, Paige will also be on that one. Sort of a, I mean, now it's kind of fall, but it's sort of a summer retrospective uh, kind of a thing. So I'm excited to uh, participate in that. But without further ado, if you guys want to hear about uh my experience at the Cannes Film Festival, as well well as uh, Jason's uh, Jing, who has not been on the podcast, um, but is a letterboxed friend of mine, and I met there, and uh, my lovely girlfriend Paige is also on this one, so I hope you guys enjoy. I just record it. I haven't done, I clearly haven't done this in a while. Uh, Jason, Jing, and Paige, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We are, we all just got back, well, just got back. We all (laughs) got back from the Cannes Film Festival, and then I procrastinated putting this episode together for a couple weeks, partially because I got stuck in France, but with Paige, and then partially because... We also just moved across the country, but anyway, I'm glad. I'm glad that we're finally able to chat about the film festival. I guess just first off, like we we'd all sort of like had an idea of like what the festival was going to be like. Like, let me throw to you first, Jason. Like, how 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 did it compare to like what what you expected from like a big international film festival? Yeah, I guess I felt like um, it was going to be harder to get into movies. It was not the case. Um, I pretty much got into everything that I wanted to. And I'm pretty sure because this year was COVID. So like, uh, it was definitely easier. I heard that back in the past that like people would like have to line up 
like hours in advance to get into movies but this year everyone could just show up 20 minutes before and just like get into whatever even like the huge ones obviously like I wasn't there for the second half so I feel like I, I, I would say that like French Dispatch was probably like the biggest movie to premiere there. I feel like that's probably the only one people couldn't get into the first time. I mean, they do like reruns all the time. So it's not really an issue. I wanted to um, watch it at the premiere with the other, uh, you know, the cast and crew. You probably wouldn't be able to get in that, but everything else was fine. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this was an exception too. I feel like if we went any previous year, it would be a lot harder to, but yeah, it was it was pretty fire, honestly. Great experience. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, Paige? Yeah, um, yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be more difficult to see films and also just get into the festival in general. So we were all there on um, the three-day pass, the three-day cinephile pass. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and what you do to get in is you um, send an, ap- an application with your like an essay on your relationship with film and then they um decide whether or not you get in and if you do it's a free pass which is really nice and it's for three days um and all of us got to go and I thought it was going to be much more difficult to get in I I mean I don't personally know anyone who was rejected but maybe it was a weird year with COVID and everything but I thought it was going to be much more difficult to get in yeah it was it was it was incredible. Um, um, Jing, what was your experience? Yeah, it was the same for me. Like, I, I never, like, I also didn't know that it was possible to just, you know, go to camp and, like, just, you know, see the films that were playing there. Because, like, I remember, like, Googling and, like, you know, 2020, like, how'd you get into, like, Cannes Film Festival? And it was like, oh, it's not, like, accessible for the public. So I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm just gonna, you know, go to Cannes sometime and just, you know, not see any films just just like soak up the atmosphere but like I actually found out through you Ethan that there was like the possibility to go there as like a normal person who isn't like involved with film like in Mm -hmm. an academic way so yeah it's like yeah I also found out through Ethan yeah (laughs) well and then I found out through other friends on Letterboxd like luckily enough like it's nice to it's it's nice to be part of that whole community because like you know, sometimes it's like, oh, there's a virtual screening of Nomadland, which like isn't out yet, but you can get tickets here and like sign up now or whatever. So it's, it's nice. It's really nice, like being in that community just for being in the know about these things. Cause I was like, I always thought again, like, like you guys that it was impossible to go, but luckily like um, we were all fortunate enough to get tickets and make Mm -hmm. it out there. And um, I mean, yeah, at least, at least for me, like it was just a, it was a really surreal experience. Like I definitely got emotional, like walking the red carpet and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> just like being in, in that space. I mean, my first, the, the first thing we got into was was our Red Rocket premiere, which is uh, the, the Sean Baker movie that I'm, we'll probably talk about later in the podcast, mm-hmm. but um, highly anticipated movie for me. You know, you, you, you're in this huge room, the cast shows up and I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, the, the the experience of seeing in a seeing a movie being being in a room seeing a movie it's, it's the first time it's screened publicly it's the first time like the public's laid their eyes on it and you're trying to understand it like everyone else you don't have a, a trailer you've seen or anything and it's right. it's 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 
it's really exciting like being being part of the first crew to actually see a movie like that yeah i actually had to like pinch myself during like my first like screening it was like the premiere of uh, uh the story of my wife and it was like my first screening in Cannes at like the very first and i just sat there and i was like what is happening to me like is this real like am i sitting like here and watching this film with like the cast and the crew just you know like everyone just you know it was yeah it was crazy totally totally um i so i haven't talked to you about this jason but i know Paige, Zhang, and me all just did not sleep at all Uh, or like maybe half as much as we should have barely slept you just like i mean people in europe just stay out later and there's like the morning screenings and you're just kind of like i did want to see that movie and it's at 8 (laughs) 30. how many how many movies did you guys see though I didn't see as many as a lot of other people. I probably probably averaged two eight. and a half a day or something. Maybe eight. Yeah, maybe yeah. eight total movies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think I, one of you are saying you saw twelve. Yeah, Gene, yeah, I saw 12. I saw twelve. Yeah. Yeah, I saw twelve as well. But like, um, yeah, one of them was a beach screening. I don't know if you counted yours beach. Oh um, yeah, oh, yeah. I, forgot I didn't count really, I didn't really count the beach screening because yeah. it was uh, David Burns' American Utopia, and I was dancing as much as I was watching. Okay, okay. We'd also seen it before. I was kind of, I was, yeah. But that was a really cool experience. I'll just mention that now because uh, we were on the outside of the barrier for that. The beach screening still have a barrier, but then we had all this wine with us and we're like, we'll probably take that at security. (laughs) Probably wouldn't like that. (laughs) But then uh, Spike Lee directed American Utopia. I should also mention that it's a concert film starring David Byrne of Talking Heads. Um, So, I mean, it's a lot of loud talking head songs, which I, I love. And um, and Spike Lee mentioned like when when once in a lifetime like starts in the concert, I want everyone dancing. So then but then when that started, he came back out to like dance with everyone in yeah. front of the stage. And and we were with some some French guys. I don't know where yeah, they were. Yeah, I think they were French. Yeah. Yeah, they were French. I don't I don't know. And then and and, 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 and and then they were like, let's just run under the barriers. So we all ran under the barrier and then danced with Spike Lee. It was like a, a single really piece fun. of tape just yeah. across like some poles. So like you could just really get right underneath of it. It was super easy. But yeah, we just like ran to the front where the stage was or like the screen was. Yeah. And then we just all danced with Spike Lee. It was awesome. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, what, what were both of your kind of uh, craziest moments? Dude, I didn't really have any. Just walking the red carpet was kind of dope. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Cool. Yeah, but I feel like I did it like a lot of times. At, at some point, I was getting really tired. <laughs> I, I got on the red carpet more than I thought I would, honestly. Wait, how many yeah, times did you, uh, did you walk that? Like the Grand Theater Lumiere, I went on it like five times, I think. Five out of like 12 mm-hmm. of my movies were there. So at some point, I was just like, man, these stairs are like, kind of thick and also like you were also like wearing like formal clothes so like yeah. that was pretty difficult I think like it's worth mentioning that like for a lot of like the red carpet screenings you had to dress up so like yeah it's, it's it's like really hot and humid in France so maybe for girls I don't know like what um but for guys dude like it's it's ass <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's all black tie so you yeah, have to wear more. like long gown if you're a girl in heels and Guy at Tux. Yeah, we were in heels, Jason. Yeah, I know. Brutal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was that that was definitely just 
just a fascinating experience. I, I think I, I I think I would have sort of assumed that they would sort of shuttle you in the back door or something, yeah. and then the stars yeah. walk through the carpet. But you know, they, they have these they they just they just yeah. have they just get you in a little earlier, basically, and then the stars yeah. walk in, and then you clap for them. But it's it's yeah. cool yeah. that it's all the same. Also, like also like. I wasn't expecting even getting to like any of the premieres because like in the past apparently nobody like that's not press would ever get in so like like in like previous like blogs or whatever that I read they'd just be like yeah it might not even be worth to bring like uh like a tux or whatever because like you yeah, probably, I saw that too, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, re I've read that and like it's pretty pretty surprised to like get into most of them and like I definitely also like had to like get like last minute tickets because I didn't like actually like get accepted for some of the premieres so that yeah. was also like a really good experience as well yeah yeah for sure, for sure. um this was the first year where they had online ticketing right yeah, yeah exactly this is like yeah. way better <laughs> I would I would really say for like everything other than the online ticketing system it was a really really well organized festival and also just like really cool that mm -hmm. I felt like they they made it they made it seem pretty pretty special like they made mm -hmm. they, they made even us who like under the youth pass feel pretty special yeah so yeah, i gotta say the online ticketing system uh well it's it's an improvement people used to like have to line up for hours beforehand yeah definitely yeah, better definitely, definitely better. website website still sucks no offense yeah, it, just, it just crashed instantly like it was like tickets go online at like seven and it's just like the whole website's down yeah, yeah it's like 11 a.m and the ticket sorry no no it's just like at 11 and the tickets are still not available and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> like yeah yeah or they go up when you're in a movie yeah us, and we were like, yeah the french dispatch tickets just, just randomly dropped when we were in another screening and we had no idea because they were supposed yeah. to come out at 7 a.m they just came out at noon just like okay great that was nice but you know yeah i mean honestly yeah. better than having to wait in line we we still got into the french dispatch which i was very happy about um maybe we should go around and we can start going through our top four movies from the festival um let me, who should i start with jason all right so um let's see it's a french movie called the divide uh let me let me check to make sure it's french is a French film director. Yeah, okay. It's called La Fracture, directed by Catherine Corsini. I went to the uh, premiere, this one, the red carpet premiere. I had to dress up for this. This was the, this was like a nighttime one at like 10. But it's about like, um, it's about a woman who like uh, breaks some part of her body. I don't remember. This was like my fourth movie of the day. Um, and <laughs> it was the hospital. And then the hospital is like understaffed and like overbooked. And it's just like a very like, kind of like, single night like comedy of errors type of story where like multiple people are hurt and like no one's like treating them and like everyone has like you know conflicts with each other and they're just trying to like you know like get out of the hospital and it's in it's set like um with in the backdrop of some like uh riot i'm not familiar with french history but it's like i think it's called yellow jackets i don't remember yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. okay okay and then um yeah, it's just pretty much like a hospital, like slowly, like going insane because like there's no staff and everyone's like hurt from the riot. And then like the main character is like a rich woman who was like hurt under like other circumstances. But it's, it's like part partially like also like a class like um, commentary about like 
you know, like the poorer people, which are the rioters versus like the, you know, rich people, like the main character who is like, just like hurt because she like ran like a dumbass and fell on her hands or some shit like that. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was pretty exciting, you know, like <laughs> gave me Uncut Gems vibes, but like, I know like a lot of movies have been compared to Uncut Gems. So I wanted to try to avoid that, but yeah. It, it, oh, but it, I, but side note off that, I, I'm realizing this year that like how much Uncut Gems really influenced a lot of directors. Yeah, like, I think it's, tr- I think the reason it's being compared a lot to movies is because I think that sort of, that sort of really manic, uh, aggressive Safety brothers thing, like really impacted a lot of people. I mean, I, I have, I have a few movies that I saw that definitely gave me those same. Like reminded you of that, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's totally justified, but, um, yeah, no, that sounds really interesting. I I didn't get a chance to catch that, but, um, that, that sounds, that sounds like a really interesting film. Um, did, did, did you end up seeing the, did anyone else end up seeing that one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Paige or Jane, do you guys have a thing thing ready? So fourth for me was um, French Dispatch. I was really, you know, anticipating this film. I was really excited to see it, but it just wasn't up to um, the standard I was expecting. I mean, so. What I thought was interesting was that it was definitely visually beautiful and it was probably um, Wes Anderson's like peak aesthetics, but, um, and like, I like the new um, shots that he implemented that he hadn't used before. Um, But so visually it was beautiful, but the story, it really lost me in the story. I felt like they were trying to cram in too much all at once. And he was layering it like he did with like um, the Grand Budapest Hotel, but it just didn't work as well for me. And it felt crammed together. And I just felt like you didn't get enough out of any of the characters. So the story was really lacking for me, but visually it was beautiful. um, And I was just really excited to see it. So maybe that's kind of, you know, adding a layer to why it's so high on my list but like was French Dispatch anthology like separate stories uh it was like like, like, separate stories right or something yeah he had separate stories but they were all like um it was all it like started with the um the death of the you know the the leader of the the French Dispatch company yes and then the editor his death and then um he has all of his main writers there um and then it goes through the story of that each of the writers was covering Mm -hmm. and so you go through i think there was like four of them or five of them but then you go back to the death of the editor and and so it's kind of like those those layers you've seen in other films it's constructed it's constructed as um, like the final issue of a magazine where oh. different stories in it. And, and then they'll, they'll, they'll go through the different, like the different writers and their, their different stories from, from their times. And who their, played the editor? What's up? Uh, Bill Murray was the editor. Oh, the dude who died. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I... You don't get much of his character. Like, like yeah. You don't get any character arc at all. And so I was kind of like, uh. I feel like that's why I wasn't like, I wasn't, invested in any characters or in like the story in general like it was fun like it was so much fun to see like the stories play out and like in different like kind of like 
more Wes Anderson than he's ever been. But at the same time, I was like, there wasn't like any emotional connection to it. So it just, yeah, it lacked a little. Yeah. Did this I make agree. your list? Yeah, it did. It's like my, I think like my third, maybe. Yeah. This yeah. is, this is, this is also my, my third. Yeah. Um, was, so I, Gosh, but like I was afraid that like the cast was too big for like something for me to fully love I don't know that that's just what I was afraid of like I I don't like movies with that big of a focus you know like with, with that many like cast members so I was like really apprehensive I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna see it probably like opening weekend but like I was very like scared of that like that it would be like way too big for something for me to like fully invest in. I, I would say I would say it's exactly what I expected from the trailer, which okay. is you know, which is what which is kind of what you guys are saying. Like I was like, this trailer, there's so much in this trailer, and like this is too much for like a two-hour movie. Yeah. But and then and then the cast is massive. But I mean, I would I would take more of sort of a positive uh takeaway than I think than I think than Paige was saying, just because like I I and I thought it was so so fun. It was just mm -hmm. like start to finish. It was just like super entertaining. Like I yeah. I had a smile on my face like most of the time. Yeah. It didn't it it didn't have the character depth that you know that that he sometimes has. I guess I guess my only thing is just like I hope that he makes like I hope that he's not going so far down the rabbit hole that he forgets how to do that in the future. Like that that would be the only thing that bumps yeah. me out because like. Yeah on its own this is a really really fun awesome pretty movie it's yeah. just like i i i understand its flaws but i i just had an amazing time with it i mean i i loved it it's just um and i had a really good time watching it it's just i was expecting maybe i had just too high of expectations because yeah, i, I love wes anderson so much i was really excited to see this film but it was still very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and it felt like he had all of these small storylines, like in like, you know, maybe he has a list of a bunch of stories that he wants to like mm -hmm. work on at some point. And it felt like he was trying to cram in too many of them all at once mm -hmm. to like get it all out in one movie. Um, but like, I felt like he needed to do like fewer individual stories or, um, or give each of them more time like yeah of buster scruggs like they all have like an overarching theme and like you had each story but um but there was much more time and they were very concise and like and everything but it felt like felt like these weren't exactly that french dispatch yeah. wasn't really long either like i remember it's a pretty, pretty short movie right like yeah. for like how like dense it was right yeah yeah okay, okay that was very dense totally. but i loved watching it like in kind of like in a full theater because yeah. everyone was just so hyped for it and it was just like i think it was the only like rerun they had of it and it was just like everyone was laughing and clapping and just you know like the movie was like it was good but not like fantastic but i had like the best time yeah yeah it totally totally um what was your fourth my fourth, my fourth was Palm Door winner Teton. Yeah. That was my fourth favorite movie from the festival. It was a movie that um, I watched and I was like, I don't know how to rank this. I don't know what to say about it. It's absolutely insane. I will just say that like, 
the first maybe five minutes of the movie, um, you're the main character has sex with a car, and that's like the most it makes sense. Have you um, seen, like, the director's other movie, Raw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a uh, Duke Cornell is her name. Ducourneau. Yeah, Duke Cornell. Um, she like this movie is the craziest movie probably to ever screen at the festival. And like the fact that it won is just, is just absolutely wild. I mean, I think it's, it's cool. It's cool that the jury was able to be this bold with it. Um, I thought there was just like no chance that it would win. Um, but uh, I, I, it was a very unique theatrical experience. There, there, there were people just leaving halfway through <laughs> halfway through the movie yeah. they're like nope i can't deal with this anymore a lot of body horror a lot of um and then oddly emotional um had had, had you seen it jane did you end up seeing no, oh, I, didn't. I had i had tickets but then i heard like people talk about it and i was just like okay that's not my cup of tea but like i'm intrigued but i'm not like you know i probably would have sat there with my like eyes covered and ears covered and just you know <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of body horror. Mm-hmm. So if you're not in that, you will not like this. Film. Right before right before we went in, Paige was like, what's body horror? I'm like, <laughs> um, it's like when like bad things like happen that make you skin crawl. And yeah. she's like, oh, like human centipede. I'm like, yeah, like like human centipede. <laughs> um and, <laughs> and then I think after this movie, you, you now I really you understand got, body, got horror. body yeah. horror. You yeah. understand what that means. Like. Yeah, yeah I wasn't able to see Teton and I that was probably the movie I wanted to see the most, unfortunately, because um, it screened after I left. I I love Raw, like that, that shit goes hard, you know, like that that genuinely is one of my favorite movies and I really wanted to see Teton and like after hearing about it, yeah, I'm, I, I'm so hyped. I really want to watch it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll find out in like two months. Um, Jing, what was your number four? Yeah. I think we got your four. I'm not entirely sure, but I think it's the worst person in the world. Oh, I heard really good things about this. Yeah, have you guys seen it? No, oh, I did yeah. not get a chance. I, oh, okay. That is my number one, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's so, like, yeah, it follows like Julie, who's like this woman in her, like, I think late 20s or mm-hmm. early 30s. And she's just, it's basically like, it feels like a coming of age film, but for like, you know, 30 year olds kind of and it's like it's like so much fun and I had like it was so unexpected because it was like it kind of had like some like you know almost like rom-com elements to it but it was just like very like kind of aware of it and it used to use those elements in such a fun way and it was just like I had like I was like almost falling asleep in the screening before and I watched it and I was just like so energized and yeah, it was it was great, and I. But I feel like I feel like towards like I didn't entirely connect with the story as much as I hoped I would because I mean I'm like you know 19 and she's like 30, but <laughs> but like you know like towards the end I think it lost a bit of its like pace because in the beginning it was like brilliantly paced and like you know the jokes just came flying and everything like there was so much stuff happening but at some point it just lost some of that but like you know like in general i i loved it yeah so yeah cool. well, yeah. what do you think it, it was yeah um, Jason, what made it your number one? 
Oh no, I thought the I thought the ending made the movie a lot better actually. Like mm. the uh because when it lost its pace energy for it became a lot sadder. Like it was yeah. actually like honestly kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my cup of tea, I feel like. So like, <laughs> you know, I I, gen- I generally like, you know, sad shit. And like I feel like the ending really moved me, honestly. It was like insanely good. I this was my definitely my favorite one. Um, as Jean said, it is a coming of age. For like a 30 year old woman and it starts off like really like you know like snappy and like all happy or whatever and um i think the last few it's it's split into 12 chapters i hope that's not much of a spoiler the uh what, what country is this movie from like norwegian title i think is literally called julie 12 chapters or something like that so it is split into 12 chapters but like in the last like four chapters or three chapters i think like all the consequences of her mistakes kind of like catch up to her and it's like Mm. well it's not depressing for her but it's just like depressing in general and that really like made it a lot better for me I don't know what this says about me but yeah it was it was banger (laughs) like like absolutely my favorite one and for people who are unaware this year uh our three days pass got extended to uh the entire festival so we didn't actually, know until the festival started so travel yeah. plans were all out the window yeah i know I, I i really wish i knew about it earlier i would have stayed way longer um but i was actually not going to watch this movie at first i decided to skip it because i couldn't schedule in my initial three days and uh because of the extra day i was able to squeeze this one in and it was yeah it was definitely my favorite one by yeah. far yeah so it was like a good ending to your like festival experience yeah. It was my last, it was like my last movie. Oh, it was good, yeah. Okay. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. That's great. Cool. Well, we, well, we hit our first number one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was probably my most anticipated of the festival. Um, but I should say not most anticipated, but the movie, the movie that I, I wish I saw the most because yeah. I, everything else I hit and that was one that was not on my radar, but you know, what's cool about being there is you just get the buzz of like, you know, what people are talking about. And that, that mm-hmm. one was definitely frequently talked about. And I'm- that one got so much buzz only after it started screening, like, like, and the, um, yeah, that's the reason I watched it too. Like I just heard yeah, everyone, yeah, like the best one, like of the first half, at least, cause I was only there for the first half and I was, yeah, I, I was just like, oh, I mean, it, it looks okay. The poster looks like dog shit honestly but like <laughs> I, I, I hope they update it it's it's not a great poster at all but like <laughs> yes it ain't great but it's so good yeah I I understand the poster like in context of the movie but it looks really stupid honestly without like watching the movie but yeah it's super good would highly recommend so I think we covered all of our number threes except for yours Jason oh yeah my number three is Benedetta Benedetta I thought thought this would be number one for you oh no dude yeah I I definitely like uh I I definitely tried the hardest to watch this one um I went to the premiere for this one uh but this one was a ticket I could not get so uh what I did instead was like I was wearing I had to wear a suit that day because it was a formal premiere and I had to like stand under the blazing sun and like you know like went full on beggar mode i have my little cardboard box like and i wrote like you know like please give me an invitation to like benedetta or whatever just sat out in the sun and like waited for someone to like hand me a ticket um yeah i can't believe this actually works i actually got someone to hand me a ticket yeah, um, I've, heard this. Uh, I've, I've heard yeah. that works yeah 
Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't think it worked for me though. You know, like I, I didn't know like how, what the success rate of this was, but like, I think it helped that I was the only person around, right. Uh, who had the cardboard box written in English. Cause like, it wasn't, I think an American <laughs> guy who like handed it to me, he probably couldn't read anybody else's sign. <laughs> when, when people were doing this, there was a lot of people like, you know, like going full on beggar mode, trying to like get the tickets. And I think I was the only, uh, uh um, one who wrote it in English. So like, I got lucky that way. He like texted me the tickets. He he is he asked me for his, my number too, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll text you like the tickets." But like like thirty minutes passed, and I still didn't receive anything. So I thought he like he just trolled me, but I did receive it. Thank God. Thank um, God. That's good. You know, got onto the red carpet, and then like yeah, that was definitely the most hype. Yeah. Um, it started off um the movie like you know what it was pretty energetic the whole time. Uh, I think it could have been hornier for lack of better word i had the same i had the same thought of it i was like i was like this movie's horny as hell and i thought it could have been hornier yeah no it definitely could have been i mean i think it was plenty horny the way it is but like um you know like it did feel like it it was a a very welcome change of pace uh all the like other like you know lesbian period dramas are usually very like um you know like muted and like uh Mm -hmm. this one is like uh you know, just kind of trashy at times in, in a good way, you know? Um, totally. Type of shit I enjoy. Um, it's like, yeah, it's just really fun to watch. You know, the the old lady sitting next to me definitely wasn't there by the end of the screening. I I, I did not see her. People walked out for sure. People were booing the movie. Uh, Paul Verhoeven's probably just like, he doesn't give a fuck, you know? But like, yeah, he was there at the uh, premiere. And um. This, this got me wondering, I always like think about like, cause I know you said Ethan that a lot of the movies you had had like pretty, pretty explicit sex scenes, right? And it, yes. I always wonder like these like actors go to the premieres and they see their like naked ass bodies like projected on the big screen. <laughs> I just wonder how awkward that must be, you know? Like I, know. I, just, I was oh, thinking like, about that when, when we were at the red market premiere, I was like, like all of these actors here were like, like very explicitly having sex on the screen and we're all just sitting here watching it with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I just, like imagine like what it feels like to watch a sex scene with your parents and then like picture instead like watching it with your parents and a thousand other strangers and it's of you. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's definitely more awkward for the actors. They're probably just sitting there like, yeah. Oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I don't know how they get through that. No, I, have, I think every movie except the um except except asgar Ferrati's a hero which is an arena where i mean the i mean the women are wearing yeah the women the women are wearing hijabs and so and so like like you don't see any part of their body basically like that's the only movie that didn't have an explicit sex scene in it or at least at least full frontal nudity (laughs) yeah that we saw it was very very horny uh very horny lineup, I have to say. Everybody did. Everybody watch Benedetta. I'm pretty sure everyone yeah. did. Yeah. No, we were in the same screening. Um, yeah. yeah. You guys the, the got three. in through like the last minute queue, right? Yeah. We got us. We got standby tickets for it. Yeah. Um, but I had. I had like. I if, if I describe it, I would give. I would say I had almost the same takeaway as you, Jason. Like I thought. I thought it almost could have been hornier. Like it was so much, it was so much, it got so into like the religious side of things. And I, I, about that. Yeah. I also 
Well, I mean, that part was interesting too, but I thought they could have like leaned more into the sex. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, like oddly not as male gazy as I expected. Like, given that it's Verhoeven, I expected it to be like explicitly like, you know, like pretty pornographic. Yeah, super male gazy, but yeah. but like super kind of objectifying. I thought like, I mean, it, you definitely have to go into it expecting that because it's it's not like it's not portrait of lady on fire yeah. and, but 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 it's so it's so far the other way that it did make it fun I, it was so campy it was so overdone and it's like exactly. it's so fun to watch a movie like that charlotte rampling is like an english actress i didn't know she could like speak fluent <laughs> french so i was just very impressed by that it was pretty good yeah. i thought she did a great job yeah um ultimately just who like did she, who did she play like old nun Old nun. Oh, okay. Previous mother, previous mother, before she got okay. Benedetta. Uh, just, just fun and campy. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. like what, what a, what a good, good French time. I know, dude. I was, <laughs> I was dying to see that. That was so good. Yeah, hey, I'd recommend it. You guys have thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, sorry. I'd recommend it even if you, um, even if it doesn't end up being your thing. I feel like it's worth watching. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely worth it. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weirdly like intriguing. I was just, I'm like still like completely like indecisive about this movie. Like I'm, I still don't know if I liked it or not. But nope. but it was like I had, I mean, I had a good time. It was like you know, it was entertaining. So yeah, and I feel like the ending, it's like different from like a standard like I can't really spoil it here, obviously, but like it felt different than like how like gay romances would usually end. Oh yeah, for mm-hmm. sure, for Watch sure. It probably understand yeah but it's yeah so it's also so like i love that the movie is so obsessed with boobs like the whole way through yeah. it's just like it's all boob. the characters are into boobs the director's clearly into boobs yeah. everyone's, yeah. everyone's on board and very into <laughs> boobs, like, it's just like it's all the statues it's have their boobs out all the statues like... everything boobs everywhere yeah <laughs> so funny. yeah no, so i would say if you have boobs if you like boobs i would recommend <laughs> <laughs> Movie. Yeah. a lot of yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a fun watch it was it, it was, was great I was very invested in the story and um the power struggle was very interesting and yeah I like how sure. you're really going through questioning her like how lucid she is and like oh yeah I know yeah and then whether or not you believe her or don't or you think that she's crazy and then you know you're going back and forth and I thought that was really fun I like the way that they took you through it too where they kind of like nudge you a certain way of of yeah. thinking about it um rather than just leaving it completely open-ended so i definitely like that totally yeah jane you want to do two yeah sure i uh i think it's lingui i don't know if you guys saw that which I one lingui like the um yeah it's like an abortion drama set in chat about this. Yeah. yeah so it's like it's like not even that long i think it's like 80 minutes or like 90 minutes max but it's like it's like so well made and it's so like intimate and raw. It's like, you know, it's not like a perspective you see very often, especially like in, you know, like the Western world kind of thing. And it's just like, you know, it's, it was so interesting to see because it's like a completely different experience from what you'd have. And like, you know, you have like never rarely, sometimes always and that kind of stuff, but it's all like so close to home kind of but this is just yeah. like different it's like different geographically but also like culturally it's so different 
So it was just like, you know, it was really like eye-opening and also like insightful, but also like moving, even though you weren't like exactly like the characters or like living in the same spaces as they were. But yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, that definitely intrigues me. Yeah. I saw I saw Mingui as well. Um, it was it was like like the third movie of the day I watched. Like, so I was a bit tired when I watched Lingui, but I mean, it's not like I fell asleep or anything. I, it was not like a boring movie or anything, but I felt like I had like a bit too much movie in me uh, to yeah. like fully appreciate it. It was a really pretty movie, honestly. Chad looked really gorgeous. Um, it was very well shot. Uh, and yeah, as, as Jing said, it was, it was about an abortion. Um, and it's a different perspective from like what you usually see in like the Western countries for sure. Yeah. I really yeah. want to see it. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. It. Yeah. Apparently, like, Spike Lee thought it was banger. Like, that's, that's what he said. Yeah, like, that's what I heard. But, like, yeah, it's really solid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for this one and, like, you know, all these, like, smaller films, I'm kind of, like, it kind of made me a bit, like, sad, like, while watching them because I was, like, it's probably, like, the, fir- the first and the, like, or, like, at least, like, the only time they're going to be played on such a big screen in front of such a big audience. Mm. Because, like, if they're going to get, like, a release or something, it's probably going to be, like, just in, like, you know, like, small art house, like, cinemas with, like, smaller screens and smaller just audiences in general, so. Though, I mean, the flip side of that is it's cool that they got that they got that opportunity because it's, it's, yeah. it's rare that a small movie like that would even play a screen that big. So, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, it's sad that they don't, but it, but it is, it's, it's weird being in that like only time it's going to play play at that large of a venue. Actually gen- general, genuinely thought of that too. Like, you know, like, especially with like some of the smaller movies that don't get like, you know, traction out of the festival, you know, like you're probably watching it at the only time it'll get like, you know, a nice theatrical release, even if it's like kind of limited, obviously. But yeah, it, I, I was like aware of that, especially when I was watching some of like the, the uncertain regard, like, uh, festival sections and like some of like the out of competition stuff it's like even some of the in competition stuff don't like see the light of day after like the screening at Cannes and it's kind of cool and like I as as Jim said a bit sad to see like to think that might be the only like place that it'll screen but it is you know it is humbling to be able to see it at definitely yeah. Yeah. um interesting Paige or Jason, you want to go to your number two? Maybe Jason first, because I know Paige and I share. I think Paige and oh, I share top top two. For sure, for sure. My number my number two is after Yang, new A twenty four movie. Yeah, I was yeah. bummed I missed this one. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I I I thought you were gonna be able to catch that one. Um, yeah, this one was really good. Um, it was more Asian American centric than I thought it'd be. Uh, or mm-hmm. Asian centric. Um, I don't know. If, like, it takes place in the future. I don't even know if it's like in America anymore. Um. And uh, it's very aesthetically pleasing. If people mm-hmm. have seen like Columbus, you know that Koganada is like very into architecture. So like the architecture in the movie is just like very gorgeous. And it's like the main character is like super into tea as well. So that's like also like vibes, you know. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. And um, yeah, it's uh, there's not much about it yet, but it's pretty much about like a brother. Uh, there's it's a family four and the older brother is like uh I forgot the term in English but he's like he's like a robot and he doesn't work anymore like he's like malfunctioning so they're trying to fix like the brother I know that sounds kind of like inhumane but like like if you buy the premise I think it'll make more sense but um and then like 
the younger sister is and the whole family essentially is trying to come to terms with the possibility that like their son slash brother might not survive this malfunctioning and it's just kind of like a Mm. a study of loss and like grief and whatnot Mm. and like robots i guess but yeah it's really good yeah yeah did you both get a chance to see this yeah i saw it too i love the soundtrack because i mean i'm 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 a sucker for soundtracks in general and it's just like you know it it fit like the atmosphere like perfectly and but i also like i kind of struggle to connect with the story Mm -hmm. Because like, even though there's like, you know, normally when there's like, you know, Asians living in a Western world or something, I'm normally just like, oh, okay, you know, I, I can connect to that. But <laughs> I, it was kind of difficult because I, I don't even know why, but it's just like, I, I wasn't really able to like, you know, like Jason said, like buy into the premise because just like, you know, I think it was also like my third movie of the day or something. And I like almost fell asleep a couple of times. And yeah, so it's just, you know, it was beautiful like visually and it was like yeah it was like it was also like I liked the editing as well mm-hmm. but you know just in general like the story wasn't really as moving as I thought it would be it is not the fastest movie that's for yeah. sure yeah I totally <laughs> understand that after Yang was my first movie of the day so I was like you know I was ready <laughs> to see it like I really wanted to see it for sure um I feel like I was on the opposite side. Like A24 has released some like, you know, Asian centric movies. And I feel like this one was the one that I could relate to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, like Minari is very good, obviously oh, yeah. a lot. Um, it felt a bit simplified in terms of the Asian American uh, like exploration at time. It's still really good. I don't love the farewell. Cause like, I personally don't think, I think the Chinese dialogue is kind of ass i don't think anybody talks like that i, I just like it doesn't feel real to me oh, so this like, is something that i wouldn't know reading the subtitles oh, yeah that's fair i did not yeah yeah that's fair yeah, yeah. Like, when i watched the pharaoh i'm not reading subtitles but like yeah, totally it's just like even like even down to like the chinese title of the movie it sounds like it sounds like some third grader made that title like <laughs> i don't know it's like that the title doesn't matter that much like but like no, but that's yeah. but but that's totally something that that's like obviously i'm not thinking about the dialect or like oh, yeah. how they're saying yeah. things and so i i was yeah. taken by that story but yeah, that, that, yeah that, that's, that's really a very like specific like edge case but i i don't buy into the the farewells family dynamic because i couldn't like i couldn't get past the fact that it didn't sound like actual like mm. yeah no that, that would be hard I mean, to get past honestly I'd... but yeah i loved after yang that's my second one yeah. wow cool um so Paige and I share a number two I Mm -hmm. think yeah one two three (laughs) red rocket red rocket (laughs) I I couldn't think of it at first you couldn't think of the title (laughs) well I wasn't expecting you to count down and then I was like oh my god no whenever I count down you're like you freeze up you're like what (laughs) no yeah yeah Um, so red rocket red rocket which Paige and I both got into the premiere of which was incredible yeah that was fun Super, super fun. Um, real like Sean Baker directed the Florida Project. Um, that was his last big movie. He directed Tangerine, which he got a lot of uh, praise for. But this is definitely like he's definitely like refining and like moving forward his his aesthetic, which I really appreciate. Like really, um, mm-hmm. really funny. By far the funniest movie. I think yeah. I'm actually haven't seen Tangerine, mm-hmm. but um, definitely funnier than the Florida Project. 
Um, funny, yeah, Florida Project, not as much. Yeah, Florida Project is not that funny. Um, <laughs> well, and then, not supposed to be really. Yeah, not. So. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bad movie. It's not funny. It's just what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, it didn't make me laugh once. <laughs> just like Schindler's List didn't make me laugh once. No, this movie, this movie is uh, starring uh, Simon Rex, who is like. You know, DJ Dirt Nasty, like, like basically like pop figure from like the early to mid 2000s, like that, you know, pretty forgotten about was in some scary movie sequels. And all of a sudden, like cranks out this amazing performance where he's like this porn star that's removed that that's returning home to, uh, to life in Texas. Um, so he's trying to convince his ex-wife to let him stay around the house he's trying to like get by to make money he kind of like yeah. falls for this like younger girl hijinks ensue it's but it's it's sort of like I mean the way the way it's similar to the Florida Project is it just focuses in on this like kind of poor white America that doesn't get shown a lot and yeah. um really like also kind of follows the theme of like they're going to do a lot of documentaries recently about like what porn stars do after they stop doing porn because it's hard to pivot back into a regular career mm -hmm. so it kind of goes along those lines uh but overall just like fun and interesting like sean baker's like continuing to like dig deeper into the themes that he's always he's always liked basically it's an it is oh, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I to see it this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah. yeah, I think it's like my number one, actually. Mm, yeah. Is your number one? Yeah, like surprisingly, yeah. To, to be honest, because I wasn't like, I wasn't expecting to love a movie about like a washed up porn star that much. I was right. just like, okay, like it's by Sean Baker. I'm going to watch it. But, yeah. you know, because like, yeah, like you said, it's like so funny. And it's like also so unexpectedly funny because like they're like, some whip pans and like some zoom ins that I didn't expect to see from like Sean Baker. Yeah. So it was just like really like comical and like also like I, I don't think that's a spoiler, but it's like it's like set in like I think like 2016. So it's like during the election. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's like like they never explicitly mention it, but it's like some like it's like background noise, but it's also like got you thinking a little like it's just you know like they're in texas and they're probably like you know gonna vote for trump or maybe not but you know it's like you know there's like some like they don't they never say anything about it they don't like that's what i like about sean baker like he never judges anyone or he doesn't tell you how to yeah. feel he just shows mm -hmm. he just like shows you the things and then you just you know you can like make up your mind and think mm -hmm. about it the way you want to but yeah. yeah, I really, I really like that. Yeah, yeah I appreciated too. that too. I, yeah. I, I love the way that was in the background. I know, like, I saw some critics say, like, why did he, why didn't he dig deeper into like mm -hmm. Trumpism and this family or whatever? And I was, just, I, I, I like that it was sort of there, it, like, like almost like it was like too normalized for like what you know Trump was spewing. But uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I thought, I thought that that was that was really well done. Um, well, also I thought just that like the fact that it was background noise was kind of m had more of an impact because it it was almost like it didn't mean much to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't really focus on it. 
And so I thought that said something about their characters or maybe their dynamic. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Also, my favorite needle drop of the festival. Yeah. I Wait. love, I love um, just like bye 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 by insane. Like, yeah. I love it. It like <laughs> opens with like bye bye bye. Yeah. I'm just like, awesome. Yeah. Amazing. This movie is definitely like the second half of. Um, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights Part Two. Oh I I described it as if like if like the director of the Florida Pro Project remade the second half of Boogie Nights with the screenwriter of Uncut Gems. Like okay. that would be sure. closest I could get to like what it feels like watching that. Um, like um oh I didn't I don't know if you guys know this but Simon Rex is, was also actually a gay porn star for a bit too. Was he? Yeah, he was. He did like. Obviously, I I didn't watch the videos. I just watched, read the. <laughs> okay, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. I I didn't actually watch it, but apparently, <laughs> you know, apparently, you know, he did some solo masturbation videos. Apparently, though, you know, apparently. Apparently. I, wouldn't apparently. <laughs> I will. I will keep my eye out for those. I'll think of you while I'm watching them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch it for like research purposes, just to make sure that I'm correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did some like masturbation videos that's funny nice. yeah that that would uh, that yeah he, he he he's a very like interesting like pop culture figure because yeah he's such a so 2000s and so like just known for these trashy movies i love that sean baker's just willing to pull out like i mean he casts like you know instagram influencers and like mm -hmm. and like you know former mtv vjs like wh yeah, whoever the awesome. hell he wants and then willem dafoe like yeah. literally like he can cast anyone and it's just like he, he, i i feel like no one nails casting quite like him i love i love when he casts he puts unknowns with total professionals and it just always yeah. works i forget her name the um supporting actress uh that wore the yellow dress oh um, yeah yeah i messaged i messaged um one of the like the the woman who plays his like ex-wife in it yeah. just like on well, instagram because she she has like a thousand followers or something like she's not known because the movie's not out yeah right. well what i was going to say was that it was really cool because she only has like a thousand followers or something um this was like her probably her first big role i'm assuming yeah. and yeah. um and it was really cool to watch her experience a premiere of her film yeah and yeah. it was like you know she had this big yellow dress it was gorgeous and and they're all there walking down the red carpet and then after the film, I think she started crying. And oh yeah, her, everyone, like, everyone know, they, started giving her a big bring applause. They camera in on everybody's face, like all the main actors and directors' faces, and it was just, it was really cool to see, like some of these like um, lesser known actors that Sean Baker uses, like yeah. experience their own premiere, which it was just really neat. Yeah, it was neat. It was yeah. neat. She looked super emotional. Just yeah. Like, I mean, I would be too if like if yeah. like a room of like fifteen hundred people were like screaming and applauding for like something I did. Not to mention, she did a great job. I yeah, thought. she did an amazing job. So. But yeah, I love I love that film. It was definitely um, one of my favorites, and it was also one of those films, like you were saying with Benedetta, where like the older people did not like it so much. <laughs> it was like too much sex for them. 
So like, I think it, I think we noticed a couple people leave or like oh, they wouldn't yeah, clap yeah. or something at the yeah, end. Yeah, they left, they left before They're the like, applause. <laughs> but then, but then the applause lasted for a while. So yeah, yeah that's true. People left like every screening I was at. Yeah. I think some people just didn't want to deal with clapping or like mm-hmm. what I've heard, what I've heard in the past is like certain can audiences supposedly like don't, don't care. Like they're, 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 they're totally willing to boo which I did not ever experience. And I'd been to bad movies at the festival too, which people did not do. But um, yeah, I, I, I have heard that like audiences will just walk out if they don't like it. Yeah. I also sure. heard like there were like some people who just like, you know, like professionals who just like, you know, industry professionals who just like go to the screening and they watch like 10 minutes. And if they're, if they're like, oh, this doesn't like fit our company or our, like distribution company, they just leave because they oh. you know, oh. got to watch other things and stuff. So, oh. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason and Jing both given their number one, mm-hmm. uh, Paige and I share a number one, mm-hmm. <laughs> which <laughs> is, a do you remember hero. the title? Woo! A hero. <laughs> I remember this one. A hero. Yeah. Um, Asgar Ferrati's a hero. Mm-hmm. And um, we watched this like at noon. Um, and at the really far theater. At the far theater that you have to take a bus <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, was it? Cinium. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was it. That was yeah. it. But, the new one. Um, amazing, amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Like, really interesting and sort of like it reminded me the most of like bicycle thieves but also of like high and low like at least the first the first half of high and low Mm -hmm. kind of the the um the sort of the sort of morality play of like what's right and wrong and how would you handle the situation and like Mm -hmm. and like who's to blame for this um just like really emotional and like really really well made I love the pacing of it Mm -hmm. um it didn't feel too slow for me at any point I just I I thought it yeah I just it it worked incredibly well for me and um Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. was just I was it was actually my first Asgard Ferrati movie I'd seen I know I know I I know especially that especially since I gave it a 10 out of 10 I need to like watch a separation immediately um but uh yeah i was just blown away by his his style and his care and um again just really interesting going in not knowing what was going to happen but i'll give people a basic overview of basically like this guy his 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 uh fiance who's like his secret fiance because he's still tech so like legally married okay there's some there's some reason that you can't like say she's publicly that she's his fiance finds a uh bag of money on the street bag Mm. of gold coins bag of gold coins on the street a a purse with gold coins and um and they're like he he's he's in prison because he was he he owed debt to a man Mm -hmm. and they realized like they could put this money towards towards like towards getting him out of debt but then there was a whole conflict of like of like should we use this money that's someone else's money like what if someone really wants it so he decides to like try to find the bag's owner someone comes to pick up the bag and then and then it's a whole thing of like 
he's being praised for being a hero for giving this woman her bag back. But then it's like, how did he come into the bag? Did he even really give them a, did like people are asking to him to like prove that he gave the bag. And he's like, I didn't to get any proof of this. I just did this nice thing. And then it, it's just like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a whole drama off of that, but it's like, it's a very simple premise of like, Oh, you find money in the street. Should you return it to the person or should you keep it? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just like expounded on expounded. I think that's the word for, you know what I'm saying? Expanded. Compounded. Compounded. Did I just Expanded or compounded. I think I combined compounded mm-hmm. and expanded, but I don't know. Expounded. I like, I like <laughs> I liked that one, um, <laughs> but, but it's like, it's such a narrow focus and they just deal with that for two hours. And I just like, they dug so far into that. I thought that was just like really impressive. Was there like a social media aspect to that from what I've like heard? Like, was there like, sort of, bit. there's no, sort of, I mean, not directly social media, but mm-hmm. definitely like public opinion. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Public opinion played a role for sure. I think, like, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't seen the hero once again. Very bummed I missed it. But um, if if that's like you know what you said, it was like you know all of his other movies very similar to that. So like, I think you'll have a good time with um his other movies as well, especially a separation. I'm yeah, sure. I love that one too. Yes. Would you call a separation a good time? Dude, a fantastic time. <laughs> no, it's 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 um. I'd say like, you know, like modern day John Cassavetes, you know, very um, domestic drama heavy, lots of screaming, lots of yelling, you know, my favorite type kind of shit. Um, it's very like, you know, definitely like unpleasant to be around sometimes, but it's very, very thought provoking, very like a lot of like morality uh, tales in like all of his movies. Yeah. So yes, yeah, same thing as a hero. I guess he's just continuing on that kind of like storytelling. And, I, and I, I'd always love his movies. Yeah yeah for sure i love the separation so i was just like okay i'm gonna watch a hero like because it's like you know him directing it but i felt like i don't know i missed some of the emotional impact the separation had on me because like at some point i know it was because it was like i don't know my third or fourth movie of the day but i just like you know got lost in the story and i just you know like not like immersed lost but like i wasn't able to like fully grasp what was going on because there were like so many layers to it like it was simple like the premise was simple but they just like you know they added so many like there were like characters and he owned him muddy and then there was that person and then you know there comes another one and his mom and you know I was just like you know I, I yeah I I mean in the end it was good but it didn't I was kind of a bit disappointed by it to be honest okay yeah i feel like both jing both you and me like we probably watched more than uh ethan and Paige did i feel like we cramped and we were there shorter too yeah <laughs> yeah so like i i did definitely watch an average of three or four movies a day yeah same and it's always the last movie that like yeah definitely <laughs> you know just like not trying to fall asleep i've yeah. definitely like dozed off like in some of my screenings but, like you know it's just like how it is like like yeah. if, if I knew like the thing would be extended, I would have paced it better for sure. You know, like like I just wish they let us know earlier. I felt like they had like numbers beforehand. You know, I was just like mm-hmm. I was just really confused why they like they they let us know like as after our like like on the on day three of the first session. Yeah. So like I was like 
come on yeah like I wasn't able to like rebook my flight and like my hotel and stuff and it was just like impossible I was just annoyed but you know I couldn't exactly yeah 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 age what were your what were your thoughts on the movie what what made it your what made it number one for you um pretty much a lot of what you covered I I thought it was really beautiful. I liked the story line. Um, I thought it was, yeah, it starts out as a simple premise, but then it becomes more complicated with um, more people's involvement and opinion on the entire thing, which um, I feel like at first it was just supposed to be a quiet act of kindness and which turned into a big, um, you know, a big thing, um, you know, it got media coverage. And then at that point, people started not believing him because they wanted to get him out of the prison for doing such a good deed. And, and it just became something that no one wanted it to be from the beginning. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it did remind me a lot of Bicycle Thieves as well. Um, yeah which is one of my favorite films and so I thought that was it was a really cool um more modern and um perspective and different cultural perspective on bicycle thieves yeah and you don't get a lot of movies now like I think it was more common early on um I think I think now people are more willing to have sort of moral gray areas uh, than they were maybe in the earlier 20th century, mm-hmm. like, you know, 80 years ago or so. So I think, I think back then you got a lot more of these kind of morality plays of like what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And people, mm-hmm. at least most directors aren't as interested in that these days. And so it was interesting to sort of return to those questions with, the, with a new perspective and obviously a very different perspective coming from Iran. Yeah. Um, luckily, like, he made it fairly easy to follow like you know i was like oh my god i don't, I don't know what their legal system's like <laughs> you know i thought yeah, that i mean that. it was it was it was still like definitely work to keep things up but i i felt i felt like i felt like it was doable and like yeah. just yeah an interesting perspective on that sort of old tale i guess i could definitely see how someone would get lost in it though like yeah. if you're not paying attention whole time if you miss five minutes you're you're out because you will not know what's going on but um yeah and i and i really like the last shot a lot um i i no spoilers though <laughs> yeah no spoilers no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers but i just thought it was really simple and beautiful oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah um anybody have a most disappointing movie at Cannes? <laughs> Uh-oh. Not disappointed. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, probably Paige and I. Paige and I were probably in Bergman the same Island. boat. Um, are you gonna say Bergman Island though? Was well, that disappointing? Yeah. Did you even think it was good? Gonna be good? <laughs> I did not like it. I did not like Bergman Island. I thought it was incredibly boring. I thought it was Bergman Island. I, 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 I liked okay. it. I thought the other one that was really disappointing was um, 
emergency declaration. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> we went to the premiere of there's a new Song Kang Ho uh, movie. Lee that... Young is also in it. He's also super famous in Asia too. Like I know, it's mm-hmm. so cool to yeah. see him. We we well, I, I mean, really I mean cool. we were at the yeah. premiere and he was like right there, which is so yeah. Cool. I saw yeah. the video, dude. Oh my god, that was cool. That was really fun. But it was, it was um, a fun movie, but it was lacking some things, and it's yeah. a lot of holes, a lot of plot holes. Logic. Like, I've never I, been yeah. so distracted by like plot holes in my life. Like literally, there's everyone's calling from the plane that they're on and um at one point like song kang ho says to his says to his daughter like oh you can call on planes now and she goes on this plane you can and i'm like that you can't just write that and then explain away like you can't do that that's you know find a find a way to work around this but you can't do that there's just a lot of uh plot holes especially near the end i could make a whole list but it's you know like yeah it it was it it was fun it just could have been a little more sound like actually well directed and well acted Mm -hmm. but bad script is basically yeah that's what i found too died on the script actors Mm -hmm. were one were amazing directing was great i love this one my favorite part of the whole thing was the shot that they had where it was like they they did it in in a tunnel and they um and it's the plane doing barrel rolls, and um, and All so the, the camera is straight, but the the plane is is uh, is moving, you know, in a roll, and everybody's locked into their seats, so they're like constantly like they're going up and they're going down, and their arms are flailing, and then they're not they're falling and then, out of the ceiling, <laughs> yeah. and, and then some some people aren't buckled in, so they like fly to the top of the ceiling when it's upside down, and it's just insane. That, like, that was. was- Awesome. That was super fun. <laughs> Amazing. Like there sequence. were parts that were awesome. And if they had filled all the plot holes, this would have been this would have been like this this would have been much higher on my ranking. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't. So. Yeah, the whole cast is pretty, pretty stacked. It was so fun to see them like walk walk past us when we were on our way out of the theater. Oh, you guys were sitting, were you guys sitting like on the balcony or were you sitting like no, we were in the we were ne- on the near the back in the orchestra. Um, yeah. right next to with the 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 president of the festival kept coming in and out like at our mm-hmm. door, five feet away from us. Which like, is cool. What's his name? Like Thierry or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys ended up watching because I told like I told Ethan to just like wait for it, but Annette was not good. <laughs> Oh. No, I ended up uh, waiting just because yeah, you told me to, and then it comes out in a week, so I'm sure I'll. Catch You're it. gonna watch it in like next week, anyways. It's uh, yeah, it's <laughs> music is not good. Oh my god, it's, yeah. But it's, I've, I've been, I've actually been listening like to the soundtrack because it's like the only one that's out that's been released, and it's like you know, it's like the one that's like you know, kind of so like a bit like sentimental feeling about cat and stuff so i'm just like oh okay i'm just gonna listen to it even though i don't really like it <laughs> That's uh, yeah. sparks brothers dude they're so repetitive i don't i don't like that music at all um the the story is like it's so convoluted but like the like the main point of the movie is like baffled like really simple and like mm-hmm. it says very little and like um none of the perform the performances were like i guess like what they were going for but it's just like i don't like watching it was just like campy and not in a good way mm-hmm. and once again the music is just not very yeah 
But I love that I love that Adam Driver can do any movie and does like surreal French musical. Yeah. Like good for him. That's cool. When you watch it, and he's in two Ridley Scott movies this fall. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, when you watch Annette, just let me know. I thought it was so awkward to watch, but like just like it's out soon. It's like out in like five days on Amazon. So like, you know, you Mm -hmm. can probably beep it soon, but like, yeah, it's super awkward. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, we're gonna check it out. We'll yeah. check it out. And yeah. we'll um, any any just wrap up thoughts here? Virgin, uh, what's your uh, most disappointing? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was also emergency declaration. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was just you know, it, yeah. I didn't. It was my last like evening uh, in Cannes, so it was like, and also like my last premiere, obviously. And I was just like, okay, it's gonna be a fun time and stuff. But yeah, it was. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did any of you guys end up watching Vortex by Gaspar Noe? That was no. that was at the same time as Emergency mm-hmm. Declaration. And now now I'm sort of like, did, did I make the wrong choice? But also, mm-hmm. I think the reason I made the right choice is because this was the last black tie event we could possibly attend. And oh. Paige would have murdered me if she got this beautiful, she had an amazing dress. Mm-hmm. And I think you would have murdered me if you didn't get a chance to wear it. <laughs> it was so expensive. <laughs> that- I was so sad if I didn't get to wear that thing. Was but that now the- I have one and I can, if we ever have to go something go back. black tie, now I have a dress. Was that the only premiere you guys uh, watched? No, but we did we did a daytime premiere for Red Rocket. Oh, yeah. dude, I felt like so I wore my suit so often. Dude, I was the opposite. I felt like I was wearing it too much. I didn't want to wear it anymore. <laughs> like the last day I went in shorts, dude. I, I was so sick of like sweating through my clothes. Like I, I was I was the opposite. Like, yeah, I like because I, I went the first half. So I feel like there are fewer premiere, big premieres, right? So like mm-hmm. I was able to get in most, but it was it was really tiring to like sit through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, and there yeah. isn't there is just not as much ac in france everywhere oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the theater ac was kind of weak sauce i'm not gonna lie dude yep like, yeah yep not not yeah. fantastic um, um yeah any any final thoughts just the yeah, i think overall jing you over yeah like i mean it's like definitely one thing to go there like, like watch some films and stuff but I also feel like it's like the people you meet there because there are like so many people from like all around the world. And it's just amazing to talk to them and just, you know, because like so many people like like our past, like it's not like, you know, the film school pass or anything. So like most people you see, especially like at the arcade, so like the theater just reserved for like three days, three mm-hmm. days pass orders. So it's just like so many people who are like, you know, I met a guy who's like doing a, PhD in physics in like Amsterdam <laughs> and it's like just it's crazy, awesome but, yeah. yeah but everyone just like loves films and it's just like it's like an instant icebreaker like you can just you know talk about films and you can just talk all the way like you're waiting in line and you can just talk to random people and everyone's just you know having such a good time and it's just yeah it was fantastic like I totally. yeah it was like probably the best like three days of yeah 2020 and 2021 combined so (laughs) yeah I would definitely go back again it was an incredible experience and definitely something I've always wanted to do and I just can't believe that you know we got the opportunity to go really cool and yeah it's it was it was super fun yeah absolutely yeah I had an amazing time with it I I met some awesome people Mm -hmm. um uh yeah no it was it was just 
I'm I'm really glad I got the opportunity to go. Uh, it worked out this year, and um, yeah. I look forward to these movies coming out so we can talk about them with everyone else mm-hmm. you know, yeah. outside of our outside of our little <laughs> club of people want, that <laughs> flew to France to see a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was really. I'm I'm so I'm so glad you guys could make it on this episode. Thanks for thanks for chatting with me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Sure. It's great having you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.